Welcome to the Living in the 66 podcast, a podcast ministry out of Calvary Baptist Church in Oshawa, Ontario, Canada. Each week, we'll approach God's Word with a question. How do we best live according to God's Word? How do we best glorify God through obedience to His Word? How do we live in the 66? In today's episode, we continue our series in the book of James. Let's listen now. Well, welcome to Living in the 66, a podcast that takes listeners deep into the Word of God with fun stories and practical applications. I'm Pastor Nick Doyle, and I'm joined here with Matthew Jones and Daniel Scott. Hey, hey, hey. And we're living in the 66 book of James, really making it through uh, this book, learning tons. Uh, And today we're going to be looking at today's episode. We will cover infighting with brothers and sisters. It happens, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It does. Even to the best of our intent to get along with people, people just make us upset and we just want to yell at them or say bad things about them or gossip or all do all three. Is that true? It happens. Well, James saw that in his church as well, and we know that it, it is not right. So we're going to talk about that today mm-hmm. on Living in the 66, the book of James, and we're going to be in chapter four today. James asks his reader to consider the source of wars and fights among them. There's always these fights that happen in the church. He identifies the problem of their own desires for pleasure, which war within themselves. So James is talking about it starts within, and then it comes out, and it manifests itself in the church. Perhaps exaggerating for the sake of emphasis, he describes their lust and coveting, even murder. He talks about that. For things they do not have and cannot obtain, he renders their prayers fruitless. It gets intense in this chapter, for they have selfish motives in mind. I think we need some context Matt, why don't you give us some context today as we jump into chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 of Living in the 66. Will you read that for me, my brother? Absolutely. Okay, James chapter 4, starting out verse 1. What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? You desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? So whoever wants to be the friend of the world becomes the enemy of God. Or do you think it's without reason that the scripture says, the spirit he made to dwell in us envies intensely, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Awesome. Thank you for reading that, giving us some context. It sounds like James is really upset with his church. Hmm. Yeah, they, uh, I think they had a lot of issues. I know we, we love to. <laughs> I don't, but seriously, I think, think about it. <laughs> like when you look at Paul's writings and we see all the different epistles that he wrote, which church, I'll say this because I know you guys know the answer, which church do we know is the one that had all the issues based on how he wrote to this particular church? Philippians. Philippians. (laughs) They were like the greatest. (laughs) It's the Corinthians, right? They were horrible. They were horrible. And it's just like with every topic that James is bringing up here, it's like, oh man, it sounds like they were... A sister church. church. (laughs) I wonder if they churched off. He had some of the members church (laughs) hopping. Hey, at our church, this is what we used to do. They got tired of Paul. They're like, I'm out of Corinth. I'm going over the James. I heard he's the brother of Jesus. (laughs) I feel like James just goes like... Harder and more direct right. in a short time, too. Like, we know, like, Paul wrote, we have two of his letters. Yeah. We know there's a few others. Yep. James is just like, all right, I can get this out in a few chapters. You believe in God? Satan. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're smart? 
you're of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I really do believe he loves his church. Yeah, absolutely. But he's so, hey, how many of us have had leaders in our lives that talk like James? He absolutely loves his church. Because yeah. if he didn't love his church, there would not be a book of James in the Bible. Exactly. Because right. he'd say, do right. whatever you want. Yeah. Satan's. Yeah. But he's <laughs> saying, stop being little Satan's. Be little Christ. Be a Christian. I got this story about, like, first learning to be a pastor. I'm in a deacon's meeting back in the East Coast. I'm, like, 25 years old. And I'm not getting my way. Like, I'm getting ripped. And I, uh, I remember, like, just, like, and I do this still sometimes. I, Pastor Steve catches me doing it, and he mm. reminds me doing it. Like, when I get upset, like, I'll just shut down. I'll just be quiet. Just, and I'll do these, these quick, like, yep, all right, sounds good, okay. That's how I'll, I'll mm. respond. And I remember after uh, this deacon's meeting, uh, I remember sitting there, and one of the deacons came over to me, and he says, tomorrow we're going out for coffee. And I'm like, okay. So then another deacon came over and said, oh, if you're going out to coffee with him, you're in trouble. <laughs> I'm like, what? Dun, dun, dun. So the next day he comes up, picks me up for coffee, and he sits me down, and he says, we got to talk about your conduct in meetings. And he just kind of janes me. <laughs> like, he just kind of like, he says, you're a pastor, and you're a real leader, and you need to use your words, and you need to express, and you need to love. You don't just shut down and say, yep, okay, that's what we're doing. <laughs> he just ripped me. And I remember to the day, the moment, I can still see it in my eyes, or like in my head, uh, of that moment of him like saying, you're better than this. You can do, you are way better than this. You need to be a better type of leader. And sometimes I catch myself doing it, and this age, mm. like when I'm like really stuck on a point, and I was working with Pastor Steve a couple weeks ago. Pastor Steve kind of nudged me through this, like he's like, "Hey, come on, Nick," and he walked me through the process. And it was one of those moments back in the East Coast, and I'm like, "Pastor Steve, I need to apologize to you." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "No, no, 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 it's not." A, I'm like, "No, I do. I know I'm better than this. Uh, I had a deacon tell me." <laughs> Seven but it's years because ago. they love you. Exactly. If they didn't love you, they'd be like, "Sure." Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Drive yourself down this terrible path. Yeah. Like, yeah. But we have great leaders who tell great things to mm -hmm. us, and sometimes they're harsh, but you have to have that, I think, a graceful heart to know that the people that are over you actually do love you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think yeah. that's what James is trying to get at here because he, he starts from the top of his book and he's working to root out evil. Yeah. He wants that. He wants the best for his people. Yeah. And I think he wants the best for us as we're tuning in here tonight, mm -hmm. uh, this morning. So I got some questions based on the scriptures, as we exegete this passage, we're, we got six verses, and we're going to dive de deep here, and we're going to see what we can apply to our lives. So here's the first question, verses one and two. Where do these wars and fights find their origin? Where are they coming from? The passions that wage war within you, mm. so within the person. Mm -hmm. Then he expands to verse two, and he says, don't understand that? Okay, let me explain. You want stuff, and you don't have it. You murder and you covet, but you can't get what you want. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. And he basically says, like, you have these things that you want. You have, you have all this, all the stuff that you're passionate about and you want to chase after. But instead of, instead of asking, and seeing if you can grow in that in the right way, in the healthy way, you just desire what other people want and you covet and mm. and you wish they were dead so you could have it and you just fight with so other people intense. to wage war with it. And he's like, this yeah. is what you're doing. And then he says, you don't have what you have, like, you don't have what you're going after because you don't even ask for it. Yeah, it's good. He's so it's not point. that you just get everything you ask, but like, like, have you asked? You know, how many, how many single young adults, Pastor Nick, yeah. who want to be married 
just grumble about the married people instead of working on their own holiness before the Lord right, yeah. and growing in that before him and waiting on his timing. Yeah. yeah. Like, have you asked the Lord how you're doing before him mm. as you search for your spouse? Mm-hmm. Or do you just see all these people dating, getting married and think, oh, married people are the worst. Like, oh, this is so annoying. Yeah. Why don't I have anybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no wonder, like, so much self-talk and then not talking to other people who you're grumbling against. No wonder you're fighting. Mm. Like, mm. that's even why... Pastor Dan's get real here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, seriously, it's why working from home is terrible. <laughs> it's so like, true. it's so hard because when we're working in the building together, yeah. it's like, you know, like you can have a conversation with somebody. It takes way less time. You talk to them in person. You have body cues and tone like we talked about yeah. in the last episode. Yeah. All done. When we're working from home, it's like Zoom calls, bleh, okay. Texting for information, useless. Yeah. Like, don't even bother. Because it just it's not effective. Mm. Mm-hmm. And when you're isolated like that, you start to question intention sometime and you start to question this stuff and it's like that's not healthy. Yeah, especially even trying to start a relationship with somebody. I right. was talking to somebody last week and they were telling me just how insane uh the dating world is online hmm. and just how like because you can't just rush into Zoom calls or video chats with people because you don't know these people, right? Yeah. So you start off with a basis of communication over text messaging or whatever social media platform you're using and then you build up to that but then like how far do you go and then you find out that the people are sometimes i'll just say not the right fit for you Mm -hmm. and like it just it's so hard it's so frustrating for people Mm -hmm. like so i i believe you dan with the isolation and being at home it can be hard but i think james is on to something right here because you're not asking the right stuff you're not asking for the right stuff Mm -hmm. right what are some of those examples? We did talk about relationships. Mm. Where are those other things that we are desiring just for passion and battle? He says they come from a desire that battles within you. What are some of these these desires? Mm. Let's brainstorm it a little bit. So I would say relationships, for sure. Yeah, he, he mentions later on, um, so whoever wants to be the friend of the world becomes the enemy of God. Mm-hmm. So there's just probably, uh, you know, a long list of things that we can name that we would consider worldly that should have no part of being with, of being being considered um, a, part of, uh, a part of God. They're an enemy of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that ancient culture, like, illicit sex was just rampant mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of the things that, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, well, look at look at the pagans around us. Like, they're mm-hmm. allowed to have like ten wives, and they can go down to the temple right down the street, and and you know, mm-hmm. prostitution and all of that, which was totally acceptable the in the Corinthian society, church, right? Again, <laughs> the Corinthian church. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of that um, was was getting into the mm-hmm. getting into the church here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, like the because I I think this whole letter is pretty much like one thought, right? I know we have it broken down at the the chapters and verses and all of that. Um, but I, I think he just keeps building on his case, yeah. James does yeah. here. Um, so going back to the rich and the poor comparison that mm. we saw a couple chapters ago, mm. um, this envy envy part. So you see a rich person coming in, you want what that person's got. Yeah. You want their fine clothes. You want their gold earrings. You want their, I don't know, were they rolling in chariots back then? <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> what, you know what I mean? Whatever. You want their you Tesla know? chariot. You want their custom <laughs> chariot, right? Or or uh, they had the people who like lifted you up on their shoulders with the poles and like... Yeah. <laughs> Ran and car- you, you want that. You're envious. So I don't are- want that. <laughs> 
<laughs> so some of the things of, of the world in their context. Yeah. Um, but but for us, it's very similar. Um, we we tend to want what it is that our parents actually worked hard for decades for. Yeah. We quickly, want it now. We want it quickly, yeah. We're entitled now, yeah. right? Because we grew up in this house that but we and we didn't see the ten apartments mm. and all that stuff that our parents mm. were living in and moving to and mm. working hard for to save up for the house that they got. We just were born into this big huge house. That's all we've known. Mm. Um, and I think that's a big thing to today, this generation. Yeah. Uh, we see people, we see young adults, young professionals um, not the the twenty something ones, right? But the thirty to thirty year old ones that are just going into an insane amount of debt yeah. to have immediately what their parents, my parents included, literally worked like thirty years mm, yeah. for. Mm. But it's a it's a it's a mindset of the world, mm. right? That mm. you're entitled mm. you're entitled to this. Mm. So yeah, that's. Um, yeah, you know, and a specific example I've given, but I just, I see that happening in yeah. our society a lot. Yeah, that's good, Matt. I, I was going to say, it might, like, desires sometimes aren't even bad. They might be not wrong desires. They might be good desires, just wrong timing. Right. Like, wanting our timing over God's timing. Yeah. Of, um, like, like, is it wrong to desire to own a house? No, of course no. not. But is it wrong to, like, either enter into disobedience to God to get that house or make unwise decisions that won't provide for your family to get that house. Mm -hmm. Or like there's lots of ways that we can want the right thing in the wrong way or at the wrong time. Right. Um, and what you said, Matt was bang on for what's happening mm -hmm. in the young adult generation right now. I would say even in a ministry context, even look at Calvary's hiring practices. Mm -hmm. Like we have like behind the scenes, and you're gonna hear a little bit about this right now as we unfold it a little bit. But mo majority of people they'll go off to seminary, like Matt. Matt, you're graduating with your master's degree. Dan, you just finished your master's degree. Technically, in the world of pastoral ministry, you guys will have master's degrees and you have experience. You should be pastors. But at Calvary, we take you through a process to build you into a long-lasting elder mm. that will last for ministry. Mm. We are not quick to just like slap a title on you and right. throw you to the wolves. Mm. We want to work with you over time, mm. working with every area of your life, putting you through rigorous testing, mm. and just building your characters up so when you guys are presented before the congregation, the congregation is 100% backing you, loving mm. you, supporting mm. you, mm. and then you guys are taking those steps in confidence, knowing that the Holy Spirit is with you, mm. the calling is there, you've mm. been through the testing. Mm. And I have brothers who have come out of ministry and mm. jumped into their first church and now are out of ministry completely mm. because they weren't ready. Mm. But a lot of younger guys want the title because mm. mm. they think the title proves their worth. Mm -hmm. Your worth is in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus decides your worth. It's not the title. Mm -hmm. But I I understand that the process is a little bit harder here at Calvary, but I really am in support of it because I went through that type of process too. Mm -hmm. The guys that really trained me, they just didn't slap a title on me. Mm -hmm. They worked with me for a bit, and then mm -hmm. I, I gradually moved through the ranks and then eventually got to a place where I felt confident on, on leading and and you guys are on that track too. Mm. But a lot of guys don't like that. Mm. And it's it's exactly what you were saying, Dan. Like, it's the right heart. Mm. You guys have the right heart and the right mind, time, mind frame, mm. but it's the timing of the Lord mm. as yeah. he works mm. you through. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And as people wrestle with that and 
want more in whatever area it is, of course, wars and fights break out among you. Yeah. Because you start to think, yeah. well, why are they holding me back? Yeah, it's true. Like, why, 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 I'm trying to think of an example. Why, or if you have a, if you have someone who loves you to speak into your life and say, like, you should maybe rent for a couple of years and save the money so you don't go into, like, you're not borrowing and, like, yeah. going to kill yourself on this purchase of a house or this purchase of a car or this purchase of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You start thinking about them. Why don't they want me to have this good thing? Yeah. And you start to, you start to push back against that. When really they they like they want you to have a car, they just want you to do it the right way. Yeah, and it's yeah. the same in every every area. But we misunderstand that, and this is where wars and fights break out. It's true. What are you thinking about? What are you fighting about in your family, listeners? Think about that for a moment. Mm. What's going on in your family? Mm-hmm. A lot of fights break out in families, right? Mm. Like my Doyle family was notorious for fighting over money. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a mess as a kid, and we. I was in this poverty kind of cycle growing up. I don't know if you guys know this, but I left home. Well, you guys would know this. I left mm-hmm. home when I was 15 years mm-hmm. old just because I wanted to break that cycle. I moved out on, myself, mm-hmm. on my own, got my, myself a job, and just because everything we talked about in the Doyle family was like money, mm-hmm. and it was horrible. It destroyed our family. Mm-hmm. But what kind of fights are, are among you within your family right now, and is, is it something that you really need to present before the Lord mm-hmm. and really think about? Just putting that out there for you. Mm. Let's continue. Let's look at verse 3. Why do some not receive what they're asking for? It's a great question. How many of us ask the Lord for things, and then we don't get them, and then we think, oh, Lord, do you even care about me? We started to touch on it a bit. but verse. I'll read verse 3. It says, Good. you ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. So mm. similar to what we were just saying, like mm-hmm. trying to jump ahead on timing, not trusting the process, not trusting what the Lord is doing. I seriously um, don't like this verse, Dan. I wish it was not in the Bible, because if it wasn't in the Bible, then I could pray for the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> joking. I am totally joking. That, that, that is a good True. one, though. Right? <laughs> and it is a hot... It is a... Um, uh, it is a big debate in Christian circles. Yeah. It is. Like, yeah. is playing the lottery... Is it okay? Is it acceptable? Is it? You know what I mean? So it is a very good example that you bring up. But is it trusting in the Lord? But exactly, is it trusting in the Lord? Um, and let's face it, most people, most people that are playing the lottery, they want that money for themselves. Yeah. They have a dream of already how like every dollar is going to be spent. <laughs> That's how they even advertise it. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like dream bigger. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So this whole, you know, you're not receiving it because you're asking with wrong motives. What are those wrong motives? Spending it on yourself. <laughs> what you're asking for is all about you. Well, God is not that kind of a God. Can I play the right? devil's advocate for a minute? What if I give it to Jesus? <laughs> we hear that hey, right though you would you you know the catholics would find out about you and you'd be granted <laughs> saint you'd be granted sainthood if you if you won you know the 50 million lotto max and you gave the entire thing to the church every cent of it <laughs> i i vote sainthood for pastor nick <laughs> hey, no i'm not, I'm not give, no <laughs> let's give it to dan <laughs> That's the same thing as asking, what if I go to the bar and the bartender gets saved? Like, <laughs> Amen. Oh, oh it's good. <laughs> or a missionary dating. Just because dating? God missionary chooses. Dating? Missionary dating. Come Just on. because God in his great grace chooses to redeem not great decisions. Yes. Yeah. 
doesn't mean that we should be going after the not great decisions. Yeah, that's what James is saying here. Like he is, yeah. He says, "You do not have in verse two. You do not have because you do not ask." And then someone puts up their hand and says, "I ask all the time." And he says, "You ask and you don't receive." Because you want it for yourself. (laughs) Johnny and Timmy in the back. We know you're asking with wrong motives. (laughs) But I asked him yesterday. (laughs) All right, let's move on. Verse four. What does James call those who would be a friend of the world? Adulterers. Whoa, he just comes out. They are, they're cheating on their first love. Okay. They're cheating on, cheating on Jesus by mixing it up um, with the world. We kind of actually, well... By the time this podcast is out, it would have been a month a month ago. But last night, um, before recording this, we kind of touched on that topic a little bit, right? Yep. How there's this cycle um, we see all throughout the Old Testament, yeah. and we still see this cycle sometimes in our own lives today, this drifting away from God. Mm. Um, we have these desires of our hearts. We want to go hard after them. God puts up red flags and, and barriers, and we burst right through them. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, I'm going to hand you over to... To that thing, right? But in that act of us um, going for it, when God has said no, mm. um, we're we're cheating. We're we're mm. like adulterers. We're cheating yeah. on them. Mm. Can't worship the world and Christ at the same time. Yeah. So you got to pick one. And if you are worshiping the world at all, then you are not giving Christ what He deserves. Exactly. Do you ever notice how intense the writing is towards, like you know, the old? The old way of these letters, right? They would be read in front of the church. Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, James brought a letter here. Let's pass it around. You read it to yourself. It's like, all right, let's have a church meeting. Everybody come in. Yeah. There's a letter from Paul. There's a letter from James. And you get to verse, well, there was no verses, but you get to this section and he says, you adulterous people. Hmm. Man, like. It meant something. Like it meant something. It did. And sometimes we are so worried about the words that we use because people are so offended. Hmm. But the, this church was probably like, he's right. They probably took a moment, at least some of them would, yeah. Yeah. took a moment and said, okay, well, how am I doing this to Jesus? Hmm. Like, look what Jesus did for us. Like, they reflected, they repented, hmm. they confessed, they turned from their ways. James brings it pretty serious here. He says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means Admittedly with God, against God. Mm. Intense language here. Can't have both. Can't have both. Mm-hmm. Here's a question. What possible translation for the scripture quoted in verse 5? What's going on here? Who is he quoting here as he uses verse 5? Well, I think it's Paul in his letters to the Corinthians, both 1st and 2nd Corinthians. He, he writes this to them. And we talked about how... Paul wrote a lot of Corinth letters, and James seemed to be having the same issues. So he says, you're listening to me? Listen to Paul, too. <laughs> like, he's saying the same thing here. We got the same problems going on. Um, he, yeah, he quotes Paul and uh, talking about the spirit that is in us and the spirit's desire to have all of us, God's mm-hmm. desire to have all of us. Mm-hmm. And that there's a jealousy that can take place, yeah, right? Yeah. Like God is jealous for his people. Yeah. yeah. A perfect jealousy. Yeah. 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 It's not like our jealousy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. It really uh I love that. Like God's drives jealous. the point. Like <laughs> can't worship both. Why? Because God says so. Like God God doesn't want half of you. God wants all of you. Right. I agree. He does. He wants us. Well, whom does God resist? 
to whom does he give more grace? That's a great question for us to think about. Mm. He resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And that's something we should really take time to reflect on because um, pride exhibits itself in all kinds of ways and mm. shapes and form mm. forms. Um, and in every kind of way, really, God is, God is like against that. He's, he's resisting, resisting us in this way um, when we have that kind of a heart and kind of an attitude. Because we should be thinking of, of everything in terms of being undeserving. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if this is the word, but unentitled, right? We're not, yeah. we're not entitled to anything. Yeah. Actually, the thing that we did deserve was death. Yes. All of us deserved mm. um, death and, and the, the, the consequence after death is being in, being in hell. Mm. Um, that's actually what we deserved. So if we can think more often on this grace that we have been um, been shown and have this humble heart, that will do away with a lot of this infighting that will that will happen. And it is it is a challenge because naturally we're not that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Naturally we are about about ourselves, but that's not an excuse for us to stay that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to be working towards you know remembering the price that was paid for us. This whole, this whole quote, I, I looked at it quickly where the um, verse five, um, quoting Corinthians where it says, the spirit he made to dwell in us envies intensely. Uh, it has to do with our bodies being a temple of God. The, the quotes back to, to, to Corinthians. Our bodies are not our own. Yeah. We are not our own anymore. We've been bought with a price. We've been bought with a price. We're the holy temple of God. Um, and that means something, right? Yeah. That mm. absolutely means something in this life. Mm. So. Yeah. I, really, I really think that this scripture, even though spoke so long ago, is really applicable today because we often, Paul or James starts with the wars start within us. Mm. But we always, don't we point the finger out? It's everybody mm. else's mm. fault. Mm. Like if I yeah, get why, are you, why, are, why am I fighting with Pastor Nick? Because he did this to yeah. me. Exactly. Like, it's oh. someone else's fault. Okay, well, what did you do? Yeah. Yeah. And James takes us on this road that the sources of our wars and our fights, they come from within, from our desires. The, they war within our own members, our own body. Mm. And we should be very reflective, like getting up every day, like standing in front of that mirror. You'll stand in front of that mirror to make sure that you look good and you look presentable to go out mm. into public and to your position at your, at your job. Mm. But there should be a spiritual mirror that we look into as well. Mm -hmm. And it says, okay, like, I know that there is evil intent in my heart, evil desires that I want. I want these things that I'm not asking God for. I'm just trying to, like, man-make them or manipulate my way through or trying to impress. We talk about this a long time, all the time. We try to impress men and women mm. uh, in, instead of living for an audience of one. And James is saying, from the desires within us, this is where this war comes from such as lust and envy and murder, hate, coveting. And mm. it's not what we should be seeking. Mm. And there's a consequence for living that way. It mm. leads to unanswered prayer due to selfishness. Mm. Like God is not bending down his ear listening to our prayers. We're not asking the right things because we have selfish intent. Mm. I think it's a good reflection of what God, James wants us to really understand about God. He mm. does listen mm. to his people. He does love us, mm. but he is a jealous God. Mm -hmm. Mm. He does not want us to, to go after the passions of the world and then when we don't get them, come back to him and say, but God, this is your fault. Mm. It's not God's fault. Mm. 
Can I make one clarification? Yeah, before I think it'll be beneficial. Because um, piggybacking off of something you said when you went back to the uh, verse number two, where it's like, you murder. And some of our listeners right now um, could be thinking, I've never murdered anybody. Mm-hmm. But Good if we point. go back to the Gospels, yes. Jesus actually says, if you, you know, kind of swear against your 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 brother was it was it Raka he said was it the word or fool or yeah. fool you yeah, call your Raka. you call you call your brother a fool mm. and you've murdered him in your heart mm. so we do mm. um, according to Christ's standard which is the standard that matters mm. um, we do murder when we use that kind of mm. kind of language to each other we are murderers in our hearts mm. um, towards those who we should actually be reflecting Christ likeness to yeah that's a great so. clarification Matt it's good. I remember like even as a kid I used to think like. Only if you hate someone is the murder in your heart. So it'd be like, oh, I'm mad at them, but I don't hate them. So I've murdered them in my heart. <laughs> right. But it's like, no, really? It's like any evil word or thought towards your brother is murderous, like mm-hmm. like you said, Matt. So that's it's important to know. And I think we see a lot of that in the church today. Mm. Like I remember there was a sermon that Pastor Rick was preaching probably a couple months ago. Uh, and he talked about like, not getting along with people in the church. Like, there's been feuds. Like, you've had a feud with somebody for, like, 10 years and you haven't talked to them over something. And he kind of called it out. Mm. Like, he wasn't calling anybody by name. Mm. I don't think he was even trying to do that. He wasn't trying to do that. He was just preaching the scriptures. He was Mm. exegeting the scriptures. Mm. But the Holy Spirit began to work on people's hearts. We started to hear back within the congregation that people started mending relationships that were, like, 10 years old like someone like said something and it was taken out of context and they've harbored this against them for a long time and we just started to hear like this this love just start to flow in these Mm. people's lives Mm. and this mending that started to happen we we didn't hear we heard it through kind of like you know how we hear things Mm. but this beautiful like love that just started pouring out because of the proclamation of the word. Like you shouldn't hate your brother and you shouldn't Mm. say things and you should actually, if you have something against your brother, that's what it was. He was talking, when he was talking about communion, he says, leave your, leave your gift here, go Mm. deal with your brother Mm -hmm. or sister and then come back and then, then offer your gift. Mm. And people were thinking like, Hey, I'm like coming to church every week. I'm offering my gifts to God. I'm offering them in vain. I have these things against people in the church. Mm -hmm. They went and dealt Mm -hmm. with those things. What a beautiful, story what a beautiful moment and i think it's a a a good thing for us to think about do we have anything against anyone Mm -hmm. we're trying to worship god with in spirit and truth but we're cutting down james did talk about that out of our mouth the tongue remember he Mm -hmm. says fresh water and salt water how Mm -hmm. can they both flow Mm -hmm. we praise god on sunday and then hurt somebody with our words on monday or tuesday Mm -hmm. hey let's deal with those things and I, i love that that james john John says we have an advocate with the Father mm, mm. who's at the right hand of the Father who's interceding with us, mm. for us. We can go to him. We can clear these things up, go to our brothers or sisters, clear these things up, and then offer our spiritual worship mm. to the Lord mm. uh, with a clear conscience. Mm-hmm. Good stuff here. Mm. Living in the 66, learning how to live with, with our brothers and sisters within the church, making sure that we get a hold of our hearts and the fleshly desires that want to wage war within us and present those to the Lord. Good stuff here. Dan, won't you close us in prayer? Sure. God, I thank you for the time we've had together to dig into your word as we learn to live in the 66. And I pray for um, 
pray for Matt, Pastor Nick, and I as we search our own hearts for mm-hmm. any uh, mm-hmm. anger that would be towards brother or sister in, in our hearts. And I pray for our listeners, those who are who are listening right now, that as we as we turn now to a uh, time of reflection on your word, that you would illuminate in our hearts any any fractured relationships we have with brothers and sisters that are causing uh, fighting between us, any uh, wrong desires or wrong time desires or wrong motive desires uh, in our hearts, that you would expose those in our hearts and that we would repent of those first to you. And if we need to make reconciliation with brothers and sisters, we would do that quickly as well so that we could be we could be we could be right, we could be right before you in our obedience and uh, right before you in our in our in our hearts and our thoughts and in our actions. So God, I thank you that you give us the strength to do this and that you do dwell within us and illuminate those things in our hearts for us uh, as we ask in in humble desire to grow in you. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the Living in the Sixty Six podcast today. If you want to stay up to date with us, connect with us on Facebook at Calvary Young Adults or on Instagram at CalvaryBC Oshawa YA. Until next time, have a great week living in the 66.